Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and SWE's blog, All Together, at altogether.swe.org. Looking for more information and data on women in engineering? Head over to research.swe.org and review the groundbreaking research that SWE has been conducting. SWE's research efforts include reporting on women of color in engineering and how community colleges may play a role in getting more women to graduate with engineering degrees. You can also check out the annual SWE Literature Review in SWE Magazine's State of Women in Engineering issue. Hi, I'm Cindy Hoover, President of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. Today, I'm joined by Kim Varga, Director of Operations and Engineering at Schneider Electric, a member of SWE's Corporate Partnership Council. In her role, Kim is accountable for bringing alive digital power architectures, distribution and control systems, as well as power quality and metering, metering solutions to meet the growing demands of her diverse customer base. Prior to Snyder Electric, Kim was with Cisco for 18 years, leading change in program management, marketing, channels business development, and engineering leadership roles. Kim is an innovative and growth-minded business executive with leadership experience in services consulting, channel strategy, professional engineering services, and IoT business development. Today, she's here to enlighten us on how using disruption techniques could advance our careers and how she has used these techniques to get where she is today. Thank you for joining us today, Kim. Hey, you're very welcome. I'm really happy to be here. All right, so let's jump in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Did, you, did your early education or home life have a big influence on your professional journey, or did you discover your calling later in life? Hey, thanks for asking. It's actually kind of an interesting story. So I grew up in Chicago, although I live in Nashville, Tennessee now. Um, and looking back at my career, my earliest career um, involvement in technology and STEM activities, in junior high, I was involved in a leadership program. It was one Saturday a month, and it was kind of an honors program. And each Saturday, we would focus on a different industry and a different uh, focus area for possible career paths. You know, for example, one was an engineering Saturday and the next one was going to be a medical field Saturday. And thinking back on that, I realized that had a lot of influence on not only my desire to learn, but also opening my eyes to a lot of opportunities. So um, I actually used to tease my dad that it's really his doing that got me involved in a lot of these activities, but also that, you know, he wouldn't let me mow the lawn because he said it was my brother's jobs. You know, it was for a boy's. And to this day, I tease him that it's really his doing that I got involved in this, you know, male dominated high tech and engineering field and have been involved in many different companies. Um, but ironically, things have changed a lot. My husband is more than happy to let me mow the lawn. So, um, <laughs> but, it, but those are kind of my earliest backgrounds. So it was more of a, it was more of a destiny but I did not choose engineering by education. So my journey into the technical and engineering fields is, is a bit of a different one. And that's really the story I'm going to tell today. 
That's fantastic that you got that encouragement early, you know, early on in your education and and while you were still in school. So can you walk us through your academic and professional accomplishments and kind of where did you go to school? How did your your studies influence that that ultimate career path? Sure, Cindy. Um, So I've always been a good student. I love learning, um, but I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I grow up. it was some of the traditional fields that I think were posed to many of us in the olden days. Uh, but I went to the school at University of Illinois down in Champaign-Urbana. And ironically, I studied pre-med and then ultimately switched to political science and business communications. Um, and I graduated with a political science major. So that really wasn't you know, an engineering degree. So it's ironic that I work in an engineering field now. But I started out of school working for Sprint in the old pin drop days. And that was basically the disruption of the telecom market. Sorry, I'm giving away my age. Uh, But that was the disruption of the telecom market. And then I went to work for MFS, um, another highly technical company at the breakup of the local IT or telecom market. And then I moved over to um, management consulting at Ernst & Young and worked in, again, very technical companies and drove a lot of program and process and procedures for engineers. And then I eventually made my way over to Cisco and I worked there the next 18 years in a variety of roles in a very disruptive technology company. And I love the impact that these companies and these new ideas and the changing times was changing our lives for the better in many cases. And so ultimately, um, I chose the right path, but I realized I didn't have the educational background. So I since went back to school or through the years and got a PMP and got an MBA and also had a lot of tutoring from my really smart engineering friends so that I can compete you know, in the space. But I love working in technology. And I just recently, a year and a half ago, joined Schneider Electric, and I'm very happy to be here. That's really interesting, um, the pathway that you took to kind of get into the engineering field. Um, I'm, I'm curious what kind of obstacles, you know, you have faced, not as a maybe an engineering major, but as a woman in the engineering industry. And, and how did you overcome some of those obstacles? Yes, it's a great question. And really two main things. Uh, one, obviously, I wasn't the most technical in a very technical field. And that was partly because I didn't have an engineering degree, but partly, you know what, we're never all going to be experts in everything we do. And I had to really learn about that. We'll talk in a second. But also I came from a different path. And in the, um, I think traditionally we thought of careers and our journeys more of in the latter approach. I'm definitely more of a jungle gym thinker. You know, we may use, you know, a ladder or a rung or a step or a tool you may go up one or two to the right or one, you know, another one up to get to where you want to go. But there's a lot of different paths out there. And once I really realized, hey, I can use this to my advantage and really drive that, um, it took some time to think through that and get there. But that's ultimately the two biggest obstacles that I faced, just not having an engineering background and um, coming into this with a totally different path. And somewhat a different perspective. I love that. You know, part of my theme this year and SWE is continuous learning. And I think it's really important to take those kind of jumps sideways and even sometimes back so that you can take 
two steps forward in your career. And it sounds like you've had a lot of those types of moves. And I, I just think it's so important for someone managing their career to, to keep that in mind and not always having to go straight ahead. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, really learning from diversity and using my differences to an advantage has, has really helped me. Uh, it comes down to, I've been a translator in a room where maybe we need translation between very technical topics and how we apply them to customer environments and having a very customer facing background. I was able to use that to not only help my sales teams or my engineering teams or the business as a whole, but I was able to really set myself apart and drive some of the advantages or some of the positives that I was really looking for. Also taking programmatic or communications approaches to something, building GM skill sets has really paid off in my engineering and technical jobs that I've had because they apply in any business sense. Uh, But I do also want to stress, sorry, Cindy, I didn't mean to talk on you. Um, Working hard, but being credible is absolutely key to making sure that you can learn, but if you don't apply it and show how you're working really hard and being, like I said, you got to be credible, show that you've carried the bag, so to speak, that you've been out there on the front line, you're willing to do some of the hard work. That's really what has helped me overcome some of these challenges. And then ask, lastly, just asking for when I need it, people are there to help. You got to know how to ask for it. You know, Kim, that's a great point. And it's it's clear that your passion for leadership and management has served you very well in your career. So how did you get where you are today? And how can our listeners employ some of your techniques in their own lives and careers? Hey, thanks for asking that. You know what? I've really kind of settled on three techniques. I usually, I try to apply in my own life and I'm still on my journey and some techniques that I share with some of the folks I mentor or talk to. So I'll share them all with you. Hopefully they're valuable and interesting. Uh, First, distinguish yourself. What are you known for? What do you want to be known for? Maybe what you're known for isn't really what you want to be known for, but being a, having an awareness and a self, um, not being blind to anything, I think is really important. Make sure you always deliver. That will be noticed and you will be relied upon. Doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect, but you always deliver and follow through on your commitments. Be a good communicator is another one. And make sure, tell stories, anecdotes, makes it very interesting, but be a good communicator and really practice that. No matter who you're speaking with, whether it's a very technical audience or a business executive's, Uh, Being able to get right to the point and provide appropriate details and action plans are going to be important. And then no matter what job you have, you need to be able to focus on the value to your customer and the value to your business. And it will be noticed that you can do that. So to me, distinguishing yourself has a number of activities, but engage and communicate and follow through and it will be noticed and it will become your brand. So that's the first one, distinguish yourself. Any questions on that, Cindy, before I go forward? 
No, I totally agree. I get a lot of questions on that um, as far as, you know, how do I get ahead in, in my field? And, and and a lot of times that answer is, you know, you have to do well at the job you're in. You have to distinguish yourself, as you said, in the job you're in, and then the rest will come and you can take advantage of those opportunities. You're exactly right. And that kind of leads into the second one is challenge yourself. Take risks, calculated risks. Absolutely. But take risks, continue to learn and grow. I've had a lot of different jobs in my many um, career steps, and most of them were by choice. A few I was asked to go and do because I had a particular skill set. I'm good at solving problems. But ultimately, keep learning and growing. And if you have something that you think you're missing, or if there's something missing in your resume or your experience, you feel it's holding your back, go seek out a role that can help you develop those skills. Um, I'm a big fan of jump in, make some mistakes. You want to be calculating, you want to be deliberate, but we have a tendency to not take that next job because we don't have all the skills. I focus on a rule of 50-50. Have 50% of the tools you need in your belt the other 50% either can be sharpened or you learn as you go. Because if we wait till we have all the skills, we're going to be overqualified for a job or a nut, the next opportunity, or you're probably going to be bored working on an initiative mm-hmm. um, and you're not really challenging yourself. So I go with the 50-50 rule with the tools in your belt and the skills you need. The whole point is continue to learn in everything you have. And then also focus on building a great team around you. I liked, I hope that I'm the, not the smartest person in the room. I surround myself with amazing talent and I lean on them for the skills they have. And I've really come to know what I do well, what I'm weaker at, and I don't let it hold me back. But if I have a weak area, I make sure I have someone who has a strong skill that I can rely on to help me guide through those business decisions and Uh, move the ball forward, so to speak. So um, that's the second one. Really challenge yourself along the way. That's fantastic um, and great advice. Uh, it It is so important, I think, to surround ourselves with a strong team. A lot of people won't do that because they'll feel like, oh my gosh, I've got to be the smartest one or I've got to, you know, distinguish myself. But the more, the the better the team around you the better you'll look. And and don't be afraid to have really, really, really intelligent um, leaders on your team and then make the most out of that team and let, you know, get a team that works really well together. And it's just going to reflect so well on you as a leader. I couldn't agree more. Cindy thinks that was a really great summary. Um, the third thing that I really, my technique or tool that hopefully you all can lean on is Create your own journey. As I said, I came in with my own path. The more I talk to people, they've all come in on their own path into these very technical fields or into an engineering program. And so ultimately, own your path, enjoy it, learn from it, be open to new opportunities. I I lean back on that latter example. I've had some people approach me and ask about oh gosh, you know, this really good opportunity has shown up, but it wasn't really on my path or it really wasn't something that I thought I would want to do because it won't get me ahead. And make sure that you really evaluate those things that show up on your path 
as an opportunity. Some you will want to say yes to, some you will want to say no to, and but being able to be open to those paths and those opportunities, I have I ha- it has changed the direction in the course of my career being open to things that I really wasn't sure years ago that I wanted to do and looking back, they've been some of the most rewarding and growth filled and probably fun jobs I've had because I didn't say no. I took a step back and evaluated, would this be a right move for me? And I'm really, really happy that I made some of those changes. For example, moving in to run a large delivery organization of all engineers, in this case, it was IT engineers or electrical engineering, but um, I hadn't really planned on doing that early on. And I realized I had a lot of the tools in my belt that I needed. And I was asked if I'd be interested And the more I thought about it, I realized this is a great opportunity. So I owned my journey and I've enjoyed it. And yes, I've made some mistakes and I've learned from those and we've moved on. And overall, I'm better for it. My businesses are and the people I've surrounded myself. So just be open to opportunities and just know that everyone has a different path and let's make space for them. Well, I absolutely couldn't agree with you more. And I guess let, that that segues us into a little bit different conversation on how to take advantage of those opportunities sometimes when you're trying to, to find a healthy work-life balance, and especially when you're in a leadership type of a role. So what do you do to unwind and disconnect from your professional responsibilities? And, and how do you balance your, your work and life um, responsibilities? Sure. You know, that's a tough question. And I just want to challenge that there's no such thing as work, work-life balance. <laughs> um, I, I tease that it's really a work-life integration. And ultimately, um, it's, it's about two things. We have to set our priorities and we have to manage it. And those are the two key things. And let me just explain that um, setting priorities and for me, it was really important. I, I realized I was doing a lot of working and a lot of traveling and a lot of eating, and I did love it, but I wasn't really taking care of myself. And it took me a few years of my life to realize, gosh, this fitness thing does pay off. And um, I, I actually found working out to be enjoyable. It took a lot, of, a lot of months to get there, but I realized fitness was a big part of my life and that I was missing. And I have come to love it. And so for any of those people out there who are skeptics, trust me, it, it comes. But I also realized I was so busy working that I wasn't spending time doing some of the things that I like to do, like this, mentoring folks, sharing my journey. Um, I'm really involved in women in technology, different causes. And I really, um, I also am on the board for Habitat for Humanity. So I've made time for a lot of those activities that have helped me separate work and life a little bit, but also apply some of the things that I've learned in my work world to my life and to people around me that can benefit. So I feel like I'm giving back, but ultimately it's about taking some time to just chill. And then the biggest thing to know here is that this is not a light switch. It's going to take time and you're going to fail, but just realize that this is a cyclical thing. Some days and some weeks and some months probably are going to be way out of, out of balance or integration, but you will get it back on track by just checking in with your priorities and recognizing 
you know what, this big deal or this big development that I'm working on has to get done. And this customer's having a crisis. So, you know, a few things are going to suffer, but then you make sure that it balances out at the end of the day. So each quarter, check in with yourself. Did I have more good days than bad? And did I make sure that I was more balanced than not? But if you try to be very rigid, you're just going to get frustrated and and you're going to feel like you're failing. So just use check. I use checkpoints and say, did I really do what I wanted this summer or this quarter? And, and did I enjoy my family vacations, et cetera? But um, it really is difficult and you're never going to get it just right. You got to get it right for you by based on your priorities. So it was kind of a long answer, Cindy, but hopefully that helps. That's perfect. and and I. I, I agree. It is absolutely each each person has a different work life integration, as you call it. And um, but I think it is really important to take the time for yourself. And maybe I won't go so far as to say I enjoy working out, but it absolutely <laughs> makes me feel better when I do. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I agree. So let me ask you if you could give any one piece of advice to a woman out there who would like to move up into the leadership ranks, what would that be? It would be take risks, calculated risks. You have nothing to lose. And um, you can always go back to what you were doing. You can always make changes. This is a great time for all of us. There are so many opportunities out there. We just need to go bold and make some of those changes and do those things we've really wanted to do or try. And um, especially if we don't like where we are today, we have the opportunity to change it. So taking risks from a calculated standpoint, some people are much more comfortable with risk than others, but go do that job change, that career change, or just that class you've wanted to sign up for, or just maybe a tweak in how you present. But I think ultimately taking risks and stepping a bit out of our comfort zone benefits everybody. And that knowing that we have your back kind of thing. So um, that's the biggest thing I tell the women that I work with or that work for me. Or sometimes I've said, hey, I'm going to go do this crazy thing. Can you help me? Or can you make sure you have my back? And I have never had anyone say no. And I try to pay that forward. So ultimately, we all stand in our own light. Let's make it shine. And we can shine brighter if we all do it together. Kim, I could not agree more, and I think that's fantastic advice for all of the women out there who want to move up the up the ranks into leadership. Kim, I want to thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today. Your personal journey and the advice and techniques you shared have been really enlightening for me and I'm sure for the rest of our audience as well. Awesome. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity. All right. I'm Cindy Hoover, and for all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or like your favorite episodes on SoundCloud. If you have not already made plans to be part of the largest gathering of women engineers in the world, visit our We19 conference site at we19.swe.org. Information on housing, registration, keynote speakers, and more is now available. See you there.